0: today is february 7th we've got a fun episode for you guys i went to the thurman munson award dinner chatted with Andrew har and boone a little bit we had a Rockies beat reporter on to get a little more knowledge on those guys over there and we got some weird rule proposals that we're going to go over got a lot of stuff let's talk yanks
1: Steaming hot
2: takes your Yankees news with these two findings. It's time for talking Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy, John Boy Jake. Talking Yanks with old John Boy, John Boy Jake.
0: All right, thank you guys for stopping by and having us in your ears for an hour. My name is John Boy. I'm coming to you from New Jersey. I got my co-host, Jake, coming to you from Denver. We're going to talk a little Yanks, have a little fun, make this off-season pass by as slow as possible. It's going so slow. This episode is brought to you by three super cool people. We got Albert Grazzi, Jake Albert. Both Alberts are on the Patreon now. Welcome, the Alberts. Edmanuel Rivera, who may be listening as he's delivering mail right now. He's a mailman. Mailman, I told him like that's the number 1 job you need audio entertainment. Walking around delivering mail, driving maybe. Matt Donovan, and that's it. Those are our most recent Patreon subscribers. We appreciate you guys. 2 dollars a month, you get a chance to win two jerseys a month from affordablejerseys.com. You get video access, live access, you can join the chat and talk to us while we record. We have some future things for spring training we're going to try and do for just the patrons. So go to patreon.com slash talking yanks if you are interested in supporting us and getting a couple benefits for doing so. Jake how are you doing on this fine Wednesday evening?
2: Hey Jim I'm all right. Pretty spent long day. Uh, we got some snow in Denver again. So um, any anything that I wasn't Working on was me chasing an animal in about six inches of snow, which was honestly <laughs> honestly got me pretty good. Um, <laughs> and yeah, just just living the dream, being the kid. How you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm worn out. It's been a fun day. We're we're. Uh, oh, I think we said last week we are starting to prep our mini episodes that'll drop next Wednesday, next Tuesday, maybe. I forget. So you and I have been doing a ton of content, a uh, ton of recording. It's going to be good. We're prepping for spring training now. I'm excited. But, yeah, late, late in the day here, and we've got a lot going on. Off a big day yesterday, because I went all the way to New York City. I drove all the way to that damn city. Hmm. And, uh, what was going
2: on in that city, Jim?
0: We were, They're were honoring Thurman Munson, giving out some awards in his name.
2: So it's See pretty cool. I, there?
0: Yeah, I did. I did. I fell in love, apparently. Uh I saw so uh oh shout out uh, ESNY, Elite Sports News um and uh Mike Vivola. They are why I got to go to this. So shout out to them. They we partner with them on some stuff and it's it's been nice, it's been good. So I get told we're going to this and we're doing interviews and stuff, and I'm like, okay. Super, somewhat nervous, out of my element, a little bit. It should, should start becoming my element, I feel like. But, anyway, drive to the city, no idea what we're getting into. It's the Thurman Munson Award Dinner, and it's the recipients of awards this year are Ed Crane uh D.O.C. from the Giants, who's so tall and big and handsome. Um, Aaron Boone, Miguel Anduar, Didi Gregorius. So I get there. I see some uh, familiar faces. Brendan Cuddy, Coley Harvey were there. Sweeney Sweeney Murty was there. Said I to Sweeney, too scared to say hi to him at the meeting. Said I to Sweeney, nice. Um, yeah, it was good. But it's uh, it's weird settings, man. Like it's this tiny room with maybe five rows of four seats, and everyone's kind of just like milling around, kind of awkwardly. Sure. Anyway, only two of the five recipients were there at the beginning when they started doing the press conferences. So like Boone got up and talked to the crowd. Then D.O.C. got up and talked to the crowd, and that was it. And they didn't really say anything at all. And then after that, it's just Boone stood on a platform, and each media group like took turns going up and saying hi. Uh, so we like waited in line and stuff, and same with Anduhar. And then Anduhar showed up, and then Didi showed up later. When Crane showed up later. Um, so it was good. I got some audio. I don't know. Do you have any questions, leading thoughts, or do you want me to just keep explaining?
2: I don't know. We, you you explained a situation. You're not giving us any of your emotions or anything. That's what this show's built on. That's that's normally all we talk about when we're leading into an interview or something. And I still got nothing from you.
0: I, I mean, I'm, I'm a shy person, which I think some people would be <clears throat> worried about. I also don't want to, like, storm in there and act like an idiot or – blow up place like kind of want to be able to do this in the future so i was trying to be cool and and calm collected mike he's done this a ton so he he was all gung-ho and knew what he was doing but it was weird because the event the pr guy like the currency for the pr team is the picture of all the award recipients right right so they do that they take a picture with boone doc diane munson is it diane or diana i don't know i'll say mrs munson uh and then Anduhar gets there, so we go to talk to Anduhar, and as soon as we talk to Anduhar, they're like, oh, we need him for a second, they pull him away because now they need a picture with everyone there because now Anduhar's there. Right. So then I talked to Anduhar, shook his hand. Uh, It was like very, very lotion-y or clammy. Not sure. Mm. But that's when I realized Anduhar is just as out of his element as I am. Right. Like dressing in a suit, being in this weird little room at a hotel, Talking to like reporters, like that's not his element. It's a baseball field. My elements being alone in my room looking at a computer screen. So I was like, ah, this is something here. Me and Andy are both deer in headlights. I uh, got to ask him a question. I'll play the question a little bit. So then we go over to Boone and we're waiting in line for Boone. And Mike's got this game which I tweeted out playing like Wheel of Fortune. And everyone's asking Boone the same questions, like Harper Machado, the home run, the home run. I can't believe people still go up to him asking for the home run as if. That as if they're going to bring that soundbite to their audience and their audience is going to be like, oh, good. Yeah, we great. got it. We got it. They, we finally heard about Boone's thoughts about his home run in 03. Never ridiculous. I don't know. I think it's just like you don't do any prep or whatever. Anyway, we get up to Boone. We start this Wheel of Fortune game. He guesses one letter. The PR guys, we got to go. We got to we got we need him for a second because now crane pool showed up and they need the picture of the group. Sure. <laughs> so then we talked to Boone. I'll play some audio from that, and then Didi's there, and I fell in love with Didi. But there's no pictures of that. Didi was the most well put together m- human I've seen in a long time. Just suit, haircut, smile. Like I never realized I had a crush on Didi until I saw him in person in a, in a fitted suit. Well, one of yeah, the more. You didn't, tri- you
2: didn't realize the game, man. Yeah. Didi Didi doesn't just happen. Dee doesn't just grow on trees. Dee doesn't just roll out of bed in the morning, man. That's I know. Uh, it was it was nuts. I was like, "Whoa, Dee's dapper." He's a shortstop for the New York Yankees. He speaks twenty-five languages. <laughs> Yo, actually, I had the most.
0: I, I had the most like, Didi. I thought I could go and have the most natural conversation with, and he. I right. didn't get to ask Didi a thing because the time we get up to Didi. He's standing there, no one's around him. We go to walk up to Didi and the PR dude is like, we need him, we need him, because now they need the full picture with Didi. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ, what's going on here? Tough. He was he was like, I don't he was really like he was like pulling us off stage. He wasn't having fun. And actually, interesting tidbit that no one will care about, hit the kid that was working for the the main PR guy, I recognized him. I was like, who the fuck is that kid? Who is that kid? And then I realized he lived with me for a summer. We hosted him as a baseball player. Remember those kids that lived with us? How
2: about that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
0: Jimmy Murphy. Pitcher. He's in the Orioles system right now. So, So when you go up to ask the questions, you really get like one or two questions in, and it's like a turnstile, like a revolving door. And one guy from MLB Network recognized his face. I can't think of his name, but he was there, and he was with his huge camera and the MLB Network mic, and he was like, behind me so i was i'm not gonna hog time so i went up to Anduhar and i had i had one question that's all i could really have the time for so here it is quick question the call up what's the history there how did it start and are you using it in 2019 as well so i'm talking about the hand motion if you,
2: right yeah. right <laughs> that
1: actually started between Glaber and I so uh, it was just a joke that we were kind of telling each other that if, if one needed a hit that he could call the other and that's how we started doing that one, one to the other
0: worked out well you're gonna keep it up in 2019 or are you gonna think of something new staying
2: staying with it? It? Yeah, yeah,
0: staying with it nice thanks man he was pretty, he was like, nah, it's my thing now. So uh, I, I, I posted the little video because when I asked him the question, his smile grew. I think it was the only like non, hey, are you glad you haven't been traded? <laughs> I think those were all the questions before yeah. I got on stage. And I was been like, hey, working what's
2: that? on your defense.
0: Yeah, 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 shit like that. And I was like, what's that hand, dumb hand signal you do? That's cool, huh?
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, But I told you on John Boyne Jake Radio today, that later on me and Andor were just standing next to each other. Right. Like just talking. I didn't know that the camera guy was rolling for that because I tweeted out the GIF and I yeah, we fell in love, I think. We're,
2: yeah, I mean it's it's whatever. I mean I think it's more of a I don't want to say make a wish situation.
0: You think Andrew wished to meet me?
2: No, 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 no. I think he thought like this was your this was your wish. Like, oh, let me, I'll be nice to this kid in the corner. I'm not sure why. why is his hair going gray so early? Yeah. Let me, let me throw the arm around this, uh, around this kid. Yeah. I'm I'm older than you, sir. I mean,
0: that about sums it up in my brain as well. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's how I had the encounter the same exact way. Like, whoa, this is crazy. Why is he talking to me? Yeah. No, but in, in English, Anduar and I had a conversation with no mics and, he said he's been bored of the offseason. He's ready to get back with his boys. So that was a pretty, was a pretty deep combo we had.
2: He wants to play baseball and not get dressed up and ask ridiculous questions.
0: Yeah. I'm telling you, he, he he was happy that I didn't ask him, you happy you didn't get traded? Because I think that was what all the questions were. Good. So then Boone's answering a ton of questions. Me and Mike go up. I, sh- I put the video on Instagram and Twitter of the Wheel of Fortune game, which I beat right. him in. I cheated. Mike was telling me, you know, if you have it, give him a beat. I was like, what? Let Boone win? He's fucking won, dude. He's married a Playboy playmate. He's won the World Series. Or I don't know if he hasn't won the World Series. He's hit the walk-off. He's the man. Like, he's won. Let me have something.
2: You're that guy.
0: (laughs) I did cheat and got it. But then Boone stepped aside. I had some questions. Lined up. Just some fun uh, history stats. One I was wrong on. You'll hear it. Here it is. Your old teammates, Mussina and Mo. they yeah. just got elected in the Hall of Fame. Do you know your, your stats versus those two guys?
2: Um, I, I could guess. All right. Give me a
0: guess. I know them. I looked them up.
2: Moe is maybe one for two. One for two. Correct. For two. Moose... Moose, Moose, I got a homer off of. I know, um, and I think it's, I think it's pretty good. Yeah.
0: I, I wouldn't know. be asking you if it was bad.
2: Maybe how many at bats? Fifteen. Fourteen at bats. Fourteen. I'll say uh, five for fourteen with a homer.
0: Seven for fourteen. So five hundred off of the. Uh, the <laughs> there you go.
2: <laughs>
0: you come from a baseball family, brother, dad, grandpa. Who was the youngest Boone to record their first big league hit? Ray. It's you. You were 23. They were all 24. You were 23. But the next question is. No, I was 24. Oh, so the internet lied to me. <laughs> I got got. All right. All right, next one was who's the fastest out of the four of you guys to get your hit? Oh. From from being called up to first hit? Me? Um, your brother. Yours, your second at bat. First at bat. No, Yours Arthur was your Oster. second. Yeah. Grandpa was. Fifth, and your dad was third, so it was all pretty quick. I
2: remember Brett as well. We were all watching on satellite in California. He was in Baltimore.
0: That was about it. Mike had him rap. I, can, I should have played that. Mike had him rap uh, his favorite Diddy song. Oh, oh. yeah, I didn't, I didn't have the audio, but uh yeah, that was basically all the time I had. I didn't want to pepper him with the same annoying questions everyone else was. He, he seemed kind of happy to not talk to like do that instead. Sure, but I got lied to on the I got lied to on the baseball reference. Actually, I just didn't do enough research.
2: Sorry about it. Could you hear though? He so said, was he not the youngest?
0: It would. They all were twenty four years old, so it'd come down to days.
2: Right. that's what I'm saying. Why well, didn't look it up? I can look it up now, but wow.
0: that seems hard. Man, <laughs> did you hear? He said, "Take that,
2: Hoffers." I did hear whatever that was. I never ha- Hall of Famers.
0: Yeah, but I never heard that Hall of Famers be called hoffers before.
2: HOFers. fers. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Yeah.
0: Should I should I clickbait that? Boone says, "Take
2: that, hoffers." Hoffers. I don't think people. I don't think that's clickbait. <laughs>
0: yeah, who is? What's a hoffer? Who's yeah. he talking about? You know what? I think Boone knew his stats perfectly against Moose and Mo but he was slow playing it because he couldn't come off like he knew exactly what they were. I think he knew exactly what they were.
2: That's smart. I I like that angle. I think, uh, man, how about giving it to Moose? Like, I mean, Mariano Rivera, that's literally a coin flip. Well, a little less than a coin flip, but Moose. I mean, 14 ABs?
0: Yeah, that's really se- good. Seven for 14 with a homer. That's uh. Better, better than us. Yeah, I was wearing my shirt, my, uh, that's a ball, that's a strike, okay? Had an ump shirt with Boone on right. it. Right. He definitely looked at it and took it in, but I never said anything. I wanted to say, at the end, I wanted to say, are we going to get any umping lessons in this upcoming season? But I was all, I was all nervous or whatever and forgot. Nice, man. I really well, wanted a picture, but the guy wouldn't let me take a picture with him. Pretty pretty, pretty annoying. Well, we're proud of you. Yeah, it was fun. Um, and then Sweeney Murdy and me played Wheel of Fortune, and Sweeney won. It's pretty good. It was a pretty Fugazi game,
2: though. Uh, it doesn't sound like it.
0: Yeah, Mike fucked it up because it was Glaber Day, so the last word was three w- letters, and it had started with a D, so I guessed why. Okay. And he didn't put a Y at the end of day. And me and Sweeney were both like, oh, okay, shit. What could this be? And right. then later on, I was like, I can't believe that that last word isn't day. And Mike was like, oh, it is. <laughs> then
2: Sweeney won. That's you're, you're supposed to be learning tricks of the trade. You were supposed to let Boone and Sweeney win. Luckily, Vivallo saved you on the last one. But Yeah, I'm not letting Boone win. Wheel of Fortune. That's the. Uh, I don't. I don't like that look for you, Jim. You didn't see the handshake I got and the well done. I don't like that. Well done, he said. Yeah, he's got you, marked Now he's yeah. gonna he's gonna come seven for fourteen. Your ass pretty soon. Yeah. Oh, you g- glad you won the wheel of fortune game? <laughs> well, you're in a headlock now. That sounds great. <laughs> everything. Everything sounds you great. Would not like a headlock.
0: A little headlock from Boone, like I'm his it's son. It's Not a little
2: headlock. He's a big guy. Yes, but it's a it's light. He's an headlock. ultra competitor. He's hurting you. you I got to complain I got about. A... Then I'm gonna have to hear you complain about your no, headlock. No, for I got two a, weeks. I got a Frank Reynolds neck. You couldn't even hang me if you wanted to. Oh, you get there. He's got those long arms. Six four. <laughs> wrap around the wrap around your neck twice.
0: <laughs> Imagine. Ugh, that's some cartoon shit.
2: All right, you want to? Let's go on to the.
0: Uh, proposed so that was cool thank you esny and mike for hooking that up and i don't know maybe we'll do some more i showed up and uh brendan cuddy was there in like not a suit and i was like what the fuck i can do that he was yeah like, yeah man and there's just so many treats jake like black and white cookies and mini cupcakes and stuff Ooh.
2: yeah yeah sorry yeah
0: no i only had one cookie Let's go, on, uh, let's go on to these rule changes that just got proposed. I think this is m- the most interesting year of rule changes.
2: Maybe. Maybe. I mean, we'll see if anything actually happens, but... Yeah.
0: These are the propol- proposed changes.
2: You tell me if you got anything on them. Universal DH. Yeah. I've been been for it ever since I heard the initial story. I tell it on here once every three months, they were going to add the dh to the nl one of the owners when they were voting was on his boat and he told his representative to to vote whatever the other one of the other teams voted the other team abstained so then everyone abstained the dh should have happened in the national league like 45 years ago um, it's going to happen soon. I feel like it's not this year. I saw I saw some really good points out there that like everyone's complaining about free agency. A lot of teams would have treated f- fifteen teams would have treated free agency different if they needed a DH every day. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's that that's, is, that's a little late to the
0: party. I think if they if they do it now, if they do the DH now, you have to say like okay and choose a year and say, like, in 2020 or 2021, it's going to be universal so that teams can prep for it a little better.
2: Yeah, that's what's coming because it, it is a true thing. I mean, we're t- all this salary payroll talk, I mean, you know, if you have a 22-year-old guy in your minors right now that you think could rake but he can't play any defense, uh, it changes the way you value him. So, yeah, I think – it will end up being a, a two-year, three-year-out thing whenever they cave and finally do it. But, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's got to happen. I, my big thing that I, I mentioned to you when we did the radio show this morning was I think baseball is going to start implementing as many things as they can without screwing up the game too much to get more offense. And the DH is the easiest one. Yeah. 22nd uh, pitch clock. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with it.
0: So uh, Mike, River Blues, he does a great job with everything. So he actually had good stats. Uh, Aroldis Chapman averaged 28 seconds between pitches last year and Tanaka 26. So they would both get messed up by this and have to change the way they pitch. Now, hear me out, Jake. I'm totally fine with that. And in the future, they already have this in a minor league, so all the future players are being groomed for this, so it's not going to be a problem at all. Eventually, this will be a thing. It's not going to be a problem. Chapman taking twenty eight seconds is all about the drama of a save. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's just a mad, Just picture any old Chapman save, and it's just like you milk it for the moment to grow. I feel like like I can't think of many closers that are like Mark Burley out there just grabbing and going.
2: Chap Chappy milks it at the end. There's a couple grab and go closers. Chappie milks it. But I think more importantly, um, oh, when he labors, he labors hard. Mm-hmm. Um, like when when Chappie can't locate his fastball, he takes a while out there. It's kind of like the the machine is doing inventory on its body. Like, okay, what what was off that last pitch? Okay, goes through every motion: plant the left foot, plant the right foot, bring the hands up. Okay. Let's throw this. I'm sweating pretty hard right yeah,
0: now. Yeah, yeah, it's dripping. It's dripping. It's dripping. The next one is draft penalties for tanking. Basically, if there's a threshold of how many games you can lose, if you lose more than that, then you start your draft picks start going the other way. I don't care. Do it, sure.
2: I like the Orioles getting up at that meeting. We're not trying to tank. We're just. Th- this they is just with, what happened.
0: They kind of weren't trying to tank last year. No,
2: they weren't. <laughs> Uh, Then the
0: Kyler Murray rule, I don't care about that. Uh, I don't care enough to have a conversation about now. Listen to this one. End all spring training games after 10 innings. Like, duh! Why wasn't this a thing?
2: I think they already do that. I think the teams have the option, and the teams always oblige. So I don't think that's really a new rule.
0: I was just thinking that, too. I have seen them like like handshake, like, this is done. But I guess it's like, now... Now there's no one manager's like no we want to keep going and the other guy has to keep going or
2: something like that. That must have happened somewhere in spring training cuz I I feel like every time I see it you'll see like oh, tied after 9 and they called it or sometimes they let it go 10. But yeah, I'm not picturing any 11 inning I'm not picturing any 11 inning plus spring training games in my head. So great yeah. rule. Yeah, good rule. Nailed uh, it baseball. Maybe
0: it was like unwritten they're like let's write this one down.
2: <laughs> yeah, well while we're doing while we're adding things
0: Put a runner at second base to begin extra innings in the All-Star game. Totally for it.
2: Knock yourselves out. Doesn't,
0: the game doesn't matter, which yeah. is good. It doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. That's good. Mike, more players up during games. Yep. You think?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest no-brainer of all time, like how how baseball has missed this, that football players can wear mics and throw themselves into each other every play, but... Your, your right fielder can't toss on a mic and just wear it for a little bit? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I, know th- I know the talking to them, like that Mookie Betts in spring training clip, that's a little – like, if an announcer was talking to your fielder and then it distracted him from making the play, like, it would be World War Three. So you can't do that, but mic him up. That's so stupid.
0: In my head, I was thinking they meant more of those interviews, and I was like, yeah, that's fine. They were interesting and weird. But now, the more I'm thinking about it, in the NFL, there's only so many games, but someone's mic'd up every game, and then you get the whole audio of that.
2: Like, like so many guys are mic'd up, and they have sideline audio. Like, baseball, we get nothing.
0: That's so stupid. Definitely mic players I mean, up.
2: I mean, football is lame with it. Like, I, I think the Barstool guys hit it once, and you and I caught it. They mic'd someone up this year, and it was literally like, grunt, grunt, good hit, Ha, 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 football, grunt, and, like, that was the whole mic dump. Yeah, so, I, mean, I, d- I it's, did it's a... Not like, it's not like football's giving you too, too much, but still. But, like, the Patriots do theirs, their own, and it's awesome. But Dude, like, throw a mic on Dee and, like, every time they turn a double play or something, and he points and yells at Glaber at in a fun way, like, that would be awesome. It's so easy. It's so easy, but then that would grow the game, and kids would be into it, so I don't know. Yeah, keep the kids away uh
0: shorten commercial breaks by 30 seconds and supplement it by doing split screen during like uh mound visits or in between at bats or something totally sure don't care don't do split screen during the actual play though
2: yeah i'm i'm fine with that and i i think i think your biggest takeaway that that you mentioned to me earlier was that i mean these guys are almost <laughs> baseball is being ignorant to the fact that like the time isn't the biggest issue. If, if you shave two minutes off every game, it's not like the kids are going to be leaving the high school early to go watch the baseball game. Um, you know, they're doing some nice things and they, they should. Yeah. Knock yourselves out, but they're, uh, they're still, <laughs> as we, <laughs> as we fell into with the players being mic'd, there's still so many easy other wins out there to be had that it's like, let's, let's do that. Yeah,
0: I said the 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 worst thing that MLB does is try to act like pace of play is the reason they're not don't have a young audience. That is right. not the reason they don't have a young audience at all. The reason they don't have a young audience is cuz they don't market to a young audience.
2: Yeah, and it's uh it it's a game that has to be taught more than other games, I think. And I I feel like during the season, which I'm excited about now, but I'd say once a week I'll tweet out something like teach the kids this. Teach teach the kids why it was important that you know he threw a curveball there he bounced it the catcher made the stop the runner couldn't advance and then the fly ball was hit to right field the next pitch like explain some of that nuance stuff that i kids can enjoy maybe that's our job jim maybe that's what that that'll be our charity work we need to find a way to teach the kids baseball more fun
0: <laughs> teach the kids baseball more fun one on one
2: that's the charity name. Teach teach the kids baseball more fun. Yeah, okay. Uh,
0: a three batter minimum for pitchers. This is the one that's got everyone talking. Right. I said on radio this morning that I wanted to tweet it out and get like all the different sides of it because I'm so – I don't fully hate it. I don't fully love it. I need to know what the loopholes are going to be. And I think the biggest loophole is people are going to f- have phantom injuries to take a pitcher yeah. out. And then to counteract that, they might make, if you come out for injury, you have to do like a couple days on the DL. I think that is actually a whole spiral that I don't know how they correct that in a way, and I don't think it's going to happen.
2: Yeah, teams would end up abusing that. I mean, even if you do make it, the they have to go on the DL if they get pulled from a game. I mean, teams might even abuse that. That's what we're seeing baseball do where the Yankees – the Yankees will send a guy up and down from Scran every other week, and that'll be just another guy on their team, basically. You'll have like planned injuries. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, Donna but, will Don Batansis will walk two guys in a row and Donna will run out there with a ketchup packet and just like, oh, it's fucking bleeding up again. No,
2: uh, not again. Um sorry. He really wants to do this third batter, but it's bleeding. It it would it would create a new dynamic. Um we we mentioned this. I mean, you know, do you if we we went old school Red Sox on it? Like, do you get the first two guys out, and then David Ortiz is up, and then you just walk them? Which, again, for the offensive numbers, you might be doing doing the other team a favor, but you're also taking away from the baseball game. Like, if we're if teams start strategizing to, you know, get, you know, it's it's bottom nine, and they bring in. They bring in a pitcher for uh, Glaber, Guardy. They get them out and then Judge is up. They just intentionally walk Judge and go to Hicks. Like, now we're, we're kind of ruining baseball. That's the other team's prerogative as is, but I, I don't know. I, I They're going to test that in some leagues, and they're going to even find some nuances that we haven't thought about. Um, I don't know. I'd be okay with it. They, they have to do something. But I maybe they need to do that in the first like six innings. I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, because
2: that was that was the other thing I said to you is that I I mean there is something beautiful to baseball like when we used to bring in Andrew Miller to face Big Poppy in the eighth inning and in a huge at bat and that's his only batter. Like the Yankees haven't had a ton of specialists lately, but I mean yeah, that's Mike, a really cool part of the sport. Yeah, Mike has
0: good numbers on on the Yankees, and the specialist things. The Yankees, uh, do, 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 do. do you know how many pitching appearances of one or two batters the Yankees had last year? They had. Would you do? Can you even throw out a guess? Or it's kind of weird to even...
2: Pitching appearances of one or two batters. I mean, I feel like the Yankees used it in the opposite way. They'd use it to get a guy out of an inning. I'd say it happened... 14 times
0: 37 okay and that was the fewest in baseball because that's what people kept saying me it would ruin the loogie the lefty one guy only specialist and i was like the yankees haven't had one of those since phil coke since rapata like the yankees haven't had that in a while they don't use one out guys in the bullpen and uh so i I didn't know this but yeah so mike from river has the facts to back it up uh, in 2017, the Yankees had 52 relief appearances, the fourth fewest. Um, um, yeah, so that I don't think it would really harm the the Yankees that much. And uh, Mike also says that both sides seem to be for this, so it might be happening. So that's interesting.
2: Yeah, I mean, end of the day, it probably doesn't change the game a lot. I mean, it's it's something to have some old man conversations about, but yeah. It is right? kind of like if you're explaining baseball to someone,
0: and you're like, this pitcher can't throw a strike right now. He's Rick and keel out there. Like, right. why is they leaving him in? And then you got to be like, oh, well, you ha- he has to face three batters. Your friend would be like, that sounds a lot like a schoolyard rule.
2: <laughs> yeah. And
0: it does. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sp- I, I After after discussing everything, I'm leaning that I kind of don't like it. Uh, they're reducing the amount of mound visits, Jake. It was Six. They want to reduce it to four in 2019 and three in 2020. The Yankees were the worst abusers of mound visits in 2017. And last year, they never really got hurt with it. They figured it out. Gary figured out how to just, like, communicate without doing a mound visit. So, uh, I'm fine with four. I I, I don't it, think that came into play at all last year.
2: It. I mean, baseball did start abusing it. And the more they come back, I mean, I think the players adjust. Like, how many how many batters do they know the scouting report for? And, like, you know, I, I it changes a little bit pitcher to pitcher, but, like, I don't – if you just make the players learn that, I think they will, <laughs> you know? hmm
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So the one that is really going to affect the Yankees is uh, they are changing the way you can manipulate service time and all that stuff. And last year with the Yankees, with Canely and Drury and Glaber, it was like – Nuts how much – they like Cashman, I think, got off on manipulating service time. Brian, we know you listen. Wow. You li- <laughs> wow. Um, Sorry about that, Brian.
2: Yeah, a little little heavy there, a little, little PG-13. So check um, this out, Jake. Do
0: you know the extent of this rule? So Gleyber Torres, Chris Bryant, they held him back for two weeks, right? Right. Now they're proposing that if a rookie finishes top three for rookie of the year – cy young mvp reliever of the year then that negates the how no matter how many games he played that counts as a year of his service time also even if he's just a world series mvp or a championship series mvp so he could be a september call-up and then make the playoff roster or you know august 28th call-up and then make the playoff roster and be an MVP in the championship series or the world series. Yeah. And now it's a full <laughs> year of service time.
2: <laughs> yeah. Just that, that September call up you were saving to be your world series MVP. Um, well, it's not yeah, likely, but it,
0: it's still rewarding. If you help your team crazily in your rookie year, you it counts as a full, I like this.
2: Yeah. I, a lot of these rules are going to change a lot more than that in the coming years. That's it, I think that's tip of the iceberg, but
0: we'll see. They wanted they wanted to do a 26 26 man roster but only allow 12 pitchers, which the Yankees would hate because that means you have a five man bench and and only and only seven relievers. Do you care if they add roster spots? No. I would like a, I would like a 26 man cuz then you could do a six man rotation but don't make it don't make the Yankees have five bench players and you have got three players that are doing nothing, just hanging out.
2: Yeah, or match them up on different days, rest players. We saw how much the Yankees like to do that. Um yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. I feel it's it's almost a cop out for the teams. The teams have been trying to make it more player expansion like I don't know, adapt better.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't, Uh, don't
2: only have guys in your bullpen that can throw 14 pitch innings, (laughs) you know? Yeah. They want a 28 man roster limit in
0: September, which that's fine. Call up whoever you want, but you only have 28 guys to play with. I don't care about that.
2: Yeah. Or maybe do something like if you're, because the rule was to initially benefit lesser teams. Like maybe if you're under 500, you can have 30 guys or something like, that's cool. That, that that was the whole nature of the rule, right? I think so. I think
0: I think le- lessening it saves the MLB money because you know you call a guy up, you got to pay him uh, big league bucks, and he gets benefits for life and all that shit.
2: True, but I mean that's on the team to do that.
0: Yes. Well, that's just proposing these rules. Yeah. Yeah. All right. There's interesting <laughs> stuff. Last year, I don't think they were nearly as interesting as this year. But baseball's looking to change, and uh, they should change some things. Like, I totally agree that. Game of baseball is awesome. It's beautiful. Obviously, we love it, and for the most part, the on the field play should stay exactly the same. But some of the uh, ancillary stuff, I'm fine with it. Like I think I was <laughs> fine with. A lot pretty, of
2: those. pretty hilarious. The most passionate thing we were about was just micing the players, which w- wasn't really suggested, but we're we're full on suggesting it. Just do that. Yeah, that's one of them. They want to mic them more. Just promote
0: the funny people more. Yeah. Don't promote the people that aren't funny because that sucks. But that's what will happen. Yeah. I don't even care though, man. Like, like you said, if Dee, Dee and Glaber turn a double play and they go down to the audio and all it is is like a woo, I'm like, I'll eat that shit up.
2: Yeah, and I don't know. Don't don't underestimate baseball too much. I mean, they they know when they get a decent personality like Big Pop. How many times am I going to reference Big Poppy on a Yankees podcast? But like, he would have been mic'd up all the time, and that would have been good. Yeah. I mean, big. Big Poppy to baseball is like Shaq to basketball. Like that would have been ridiculous. I, I mean, would have liked Yankee, What Yankees do you think would be if you if we weren't Yankee fans? What Yankee would you think would be good mic'd up? Uh, if we weren't Yankee fans, like they're gonna mic up Judge because he's one of baseball's newest stars. But like, who's someone that you think they'd mic up? And if you were the other team watching, you'd be like, that's pretty good. Didi,
0: yeah, yeah. You okay. know what I thought though? I'd be really interested if they mic'd up um Mariano Rivera back when he played from sure. start to finish to see how many words he spoke. None. I think it'd be under 10, right? Zero. Who's he talking to? The bullpen? coach who tells him to get
2: out oh like the whole game the whole oh. game oh, 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 oh yeah no so, I think I think Mariano once once Mariano hit that closer level where you get to hang out in the dugout for the first six innings I like Mariano used to have a blast with that it's kind of peacocking in the other players faces yeah. like I'm not even supposed to be here right now I can't do anything from here <laughs> spike but I said, get to hang out here
0: Spike Spike Manning in the chat said that CC would be a good mic'd up. Oh that, my yeah.
2: god. There you go. <laughs> that's that's it. I mean I mean, when that came out unfiltered three years later or whatever bad rules MLB would put around it. The unfiltered CC mic'd up mm-hmm. would be otherworldly. But for for now you just gotta count on me
0: being able to read his lips.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> check out John Boy.
0: All right. Hey, we're going to throw it now to an interview we did with Drew Creaseman. Um, Drew Creaseman covers the Rockies for BSN Denver, which BSN doesn't stand for anything, which is kind of weird. We found out. But we had Drew on because there's a bunch of Rockies on the Yankees now. And I wanted to know about not their skill, per se, because we know that. But I wanted to know, how are they going to handle the Yankees media, the the New York media? Do they slump every two weeks like Stanton or are they players? Would he bet, you know, stuff like that, more about the personality and the uh, makeup of the guys, which you know that Jake and I love here. I think uh, I doubt many of you know who Drew Christman is before this, and that's not a shot at Drew. We're just honest. Wow. Mis- no, well, I mean, I don't. you know what I don't mean <laughs> wow. that. You know I don't mean that rudely. <laughs> but I think that you're really going to enjoy this conversation because I came away really enjoying it. It's just a baseball convo.
2: The better the better way that I was going to phrase it was that we, we were essentially set up on a blind date with Drew, not knowing what we were getting into, not knowing if he'd be into our dynamic of being like, what's DJ LeMayhew like? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like if he expected us to come in with deep analytics, he would have been pretty disappointed. But it ended up he, he was a really cool guy and he's he's been in the locker room for the past couple years. So he actually knows these guys. So it was it was, it was really cool. All right, here's that.
0: All right, we are joined now by Drew Kreisman, who covers the Rockies for BSN Denver. We have you on, Drew, because there are a lot of Rockies now wearing a different kind of pinstripes. But first, we'll find out a little bit about you and uh, everything you're up to. But thanks for joining us.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Got to got to get right to the core of that Tommy Canley story man gotta get i'm sure that's the right at the top of the list Forgot the Troy you. hawkins
0: yeah tommy can't <laughs> leave the troy hawkins yeah wow so you're coming to us from denver i don't know if you know but jake is also in denver or mm-hmm. i don't,
2: you got i'm right low. behind you yeah right <laughs> <laughs> <Turn> um, <around. laughs> yeah man i live over by wash park are you whereabouts are you Right,
1: no, like I'm actually up in Boulder, but yeah, no, oh, okay, it's, yeah, yeah. But uh, I was gonna say five, uh, five points. I spent a lot of time out there. Yeah, there you go. I thought I thought you were Boulder,
2: man. These other people, they just lump us all together, man. You That's, know,
1: come on, metro That's my... area. We have a metro area out here in Colorado too. Yeah, hell yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you are you from Colorado originally? You always been a Rockies fan? Is that the sto- what's the story there?
1: Yeah, yeah, I grew up on the more rural western side of the state, and so grew up a Rockies fan. And uh, uh, you know, in college, a little thereafter, started writing for some some of the local blogs, and then eventually got hired to do it more professionally for BSN. So it's been an interesting dynamic, you know, that some people, some readers, some fans struggle with, some don't. But that transition from yeah, I grew up a fan of the team, I do try to cover them objectively now. Some people or get that and and run with it. Some people have a hard time accepting it, but there's no one, you know this, there's no one who does this, who's not going to be accused of being a homer or a hater by somebody. So you you do your job and your role.
0: Yeah, we try, we try our best to keep our bias involved.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right? Why not? Yeah,
0: yeah, we're fans. But yeah, you brought up Canely. I forgot that he was spent time with
1: the Rockies as well. Yeah. There's a lot of That's where the Troy Hawkins stuff came from. I don't know how much... People know that story. I don't even know how much I know of that story, but those guys don't uh, they don't get along so good.
0: Yeah, I actually kind of have... I have bits and pieces from people that I've heard that I think I have a somewhat of the story put together. Basically, if anyone doesn't know, to, to bring you straight up to speed, Latroy Hawkins on a national broadcast, or not national, but on a broadcast, called Tommy Canely the worst teammate he's ever had in sports. And Latroy Hawkins was like a veteran that'd been on... So many teams like that's a just like you. You should not say that on air about a young kid in the league. Pretty right. messed up anyway. So what I heard and then I'll ask you what, you know, Latroy Hawkins on several accounts. Now I've heard from people is a huge fan of the stapling cleats to the floor of the clubhouse prank. He mm-hmm. did it to Billy Crystal when Billy Crystal came in spring training for the Yankees. <laughs> and that was like Billy Crystal's got a laugh out of it. <clears throat> but we heard that he did that to other players too and then these new players came up like the millennials and were kind of like yo we're not just going to let you haze us and when Canely pushed back on hawkins they it, hawkins was like what the fuck let me haze you that's the what that's what i know it as i don't know if you got anything different the the
1: the details maybe uh can change but that's that's the long and short of it i've heard a couple other different types of Hazing that may have gone on, none of which uh, I'd like to repeat <laughs> because I got to go to that clubhouse pretty often. <laughs> but, um, funny. Yeah, yeah. I think it basically came down to LaTroy Hawkins like to haze the young players and these guys coming up now. Uh, don't, you know, they'll wear a pink backpack, but don't put weird stuff in my locker. Yeah. You know? Don't staple my shoes together. Don't cut up my jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? yeah, don't, yeah. Don't start getting into my bank account. With stuff, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. When
2: when when we when we were introduced to Tommy Canley and pinstripes and saw the, I mean, over the top, a hundred twenty mile per hour. Well, I mean, literally a hundred mile per hour for a little bit, but just this intensity, like almost a WWE intensity, coming out of the bullpen. And we pictured we pictured that two years younger with Latroy Hawkins, and we're like, yeah, okay, we we can make sense of that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> can see why these personalities didn't exactly mesh. Yeah.
2: Yes. Tommy
0: Canley's a, a rare example of a rule five draft pick that didn't get returned. The Rockies yeah. took him from the Yankees because he had like command issues and he stayed on your roster. All of what was
1: that? 2013
0: or 14, something like um, that.
1: And then they traded him for, Yancy Almonte, who's a young player the Rockies are really excited about now. And at first, because Canely struggled when he first left the Rockies, people went, what, a, they got this great prospect for a guy who's going to flame out. And then he really found it uh, there with the White Sox, right? Yeah.
0: And in 2017, yeah, with the White Sox and the Yankees. But last year, yeah. Tommy Canley was kind of, we don't even know what happened. He lost a lot of velo and went down mm-hmm. to the minors. And
1: we'll see what's in store for him, because he's exciting when he's on. Yeah, relievers are like that, aren't they? They're, they're, you're going to get a, an extreme version of that in the reliever. You're probably legitimately more yeah. excited about there, but uh, when he's on, boy, is he fun to watch! Yeah. So, so you're in the clubhouse with the with
0: the Rockies, like you know the guys decently well.
1: Yeah. For the last couple of years, I covered 79 home games this last year of, of the 81. And then before that, you know, it's been, it's kind of ramped up to that. I'll do less next year. I don't know what point I was trying to prove there, but yeah.
0: <laughs> cool. So what we want to know, I want to ask you and we can do individual players or whatever, but basically when we got Stanton last year from Miami, I talked to Jake and I was like, I don't think I've ever seen an every pitch at bat from Stanton. Ne- I'd never had seen all three in one game in real time. I never heard him in the press in, in the post uh, game, like press conferences. Like I just knew Stanton hit a lot of home runs and he's really, really, really good at baseball. But what we like doing on the podcast is digging into the personalities of the guys. Like, and, and, and the, like Stanton is incredibly streaky and a lot of Yankee fans didn't realize that because he came to New York. It was like two weeks of terrible and then two weeks of amazing. And people were like, Hey, that's what he did in Miami, too. I was like, who he is. So you can't really be mad. You just didn't know that beforehand. So I right. want to get into that with Ottavino with DJ. We even got Tulo and some of these guys.
1: <laughs> it could be a lot to unpack with uh, with Tulo. Um, yeah, there, there are some really interesting nuances to Adam Oavi he's a super smart guy he's really into the analytic movement he's big into doing a lot of research on like his own numbers and he'll go and tell other guys hey when you throw this pitch in this quadrant you're getting X number of ground ball rates like he's into all that kind of breaking it down
0: It's like a Mike Messina Brandon McCarthy type
1: yeah yeah and um but on the field there are definitely a handful of things you should know. Yes, he's going to make a lot of seasoned hitters look stupid, and okay. that's going to be fun, and he's going to strike out a lot of guys. He has a tendency to get wild, and that tends to come at at some inopportune times. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if they're planning on having Gary Sanchez catch Adam Adovino. Yeah, he'll be there. He's good. But that could be uh, – watch out for that. I wouldn't be surprised if halfway through the season they're looking for a – a catcher just to come in late in games because it, that slider is not easy for catchers to handle any more than it is for a lot of hitters to handle. He stacks up a lot of wild pitches. And if he's walked somebody, it, it can, it can really snowball on him because he's slow to the plate guys figured that out about halfway through the season. Ryan Braun started stealing bases on him. Okay. So, I talked to Adam about that after the end of the year. He's like, "I gotta fix that. It can't just be an automatic. You can walk the second base on me." And okay. it got to the point where where it was there. So the wildness and the not keeping guys on base can be a problem, but only if he lets guys on base, which also doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, it sounds similar to Dylan Betances a little bit. It got uh, right, so right. Maybe, maybe, maybe they can
1: control issues.
0: Yeah, maybe they can take a class together on that, and they'll just you know go right. through it for, together. I- That'd be nice.
2: Can can I ask you? Because I I mean I've I've actually I've been out in Denver for like two and a half years now, so I'm 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 not a not a local, but I have been catching up on my rocks, trying to go to as many games as I can. But um I'm I'm trying to relive it because I I feel like I've known out of Vino. He's he's a guy who's shown talent through the years, but you kind of you dig through his baseball reference and you see some really nice years. You see some years that you kind of go eh, and then like I mean. T- this, this guy was one of the most coveted relievers this year, and we everyone saw the slider and all the videos and everything. And the year before that, the guy had a 5.06 ERA, which, I mean, you, you can't measure everything with relievers in ERA, but, I mean, statistically across the board, his K rate was down a ton. Uh, his whip was 1.6. So I guess was there a big change from 17 to 18, or has this just been a progression of a mix of testing different things and injuries or what?
1: Yeah, there's a few different theories on that. One is, as you kind of mentioned there, he was still kind of coming off of a Tommy John surgery, though he had pitched well the final season right before 2017, the year you are talking about where he was just awful. Uh, The way he describes it, he developed bad habits over the year. He just couldn't get his uh, command locked in. He was leaving stuff over the plate. He can be a little home run prone. That's the last thing, too. When he does get hit, it can be the home run ball. people don't string together four or five singles and, and score like that. Yeah. of vino. it's he makes a mistake and, and you, you hang your head in that moment, but some people think just, but, but you're going to like this part. What, what he owes the transition from 2017 to 2018 was spending some time at home back in New York, uh, went to a, a clinic with an old coach and, uh, and his dad i think talking to him about some things and just worked through it and figured out how to simplify his already pretty wonky mechanics he's got that really cross body delivery but when he's got it going right and he's just free and easy throwing it right handers just can't you there it's a guessing game they're literally just out there guessing
0: he uh i think he bought a storefront in manhattan or somewhere in the city and that used that as his workout thing. So he and they he did act as least least everyone acts like it. But he did act like he really wanted to be in New York. He's from New York. He really plays yeah. that up. So, I mean, if it's genuine, that's awesome and it would be good. But with being in New York comes a lot of media, not not necessarily scrutiny, but like you just have to answer questions all the time. Way more than yeah. I, I'm going to guess in Colorado. I'm, I I lived in Illinois and I lived in. Uh, San Francisco. So I saw those markets, and it's way less that you just are in front of the media answering. Not not necessarily. They don't have to be hard questions, but just the same questions, <laughs> the like same over and over you. and over. So what's his? If if Adam a, if Ottavino blows blows a game, right? Is mm-hmm. he addressing the media? Is he taking ownership right away? Is what's his vibe? Is it is he angry? Is he accountable? Like I, I know you can't really sum it up perfectly,
1: but what do you, What should we expect from that? From what I've seen, he's been really good at that. We've had a lot of guys out here that have not. Okay. <laughs> um, but, I mean, in the NLDS, he gave up the walk-off hit to, I think, Mike Moustakis in game two in extra innings. He, he had him down to uh, two outs. He had two strikes on him. He thrown him a bunch of fastballs in a row. His best pitch is the slider, but there's a guy on third. He didn't want to dirt it. He left a fastball right over the middle of the plate. Moose single to right ball game, and but he came in and he and he he didn't yell and scream. He didn't get mad at anybody. He said, "I didn't make my pitch. I thought, you know, he struggles. If I hit my spot again, he he, he was real calm about it. He's a uh, an introspective guy for sure, and he's not one that you know. We've got some guys out here, for example, the closer the Rockies are left, who just set the record. Wade Davis, mm-hmm. if he blew a save. We might not see him."
0: For a couple of days. That's funny. So he was the eighth inning guy uh for majority of the time there. I don't think he's getting eighth inning appearances in New York. I think I think Batansis and Britain are ahead of him with Chapman on the ninth. You think that's that's I mean, he's got to know that coming in, but do you think he's going to be itching to be that guy? Is he, we were talking earlier about how we think Potantis eventually is going to want to be that ninth inning guy. David Robertson left New York because he wanted to be that closer guy. You think Adam Ottavino is going to handle being the sixth inning guy, seventh inning guy a little, a little differently.
1: Yeah, I think so. Because you guys have like the second coming of Dennis Eckersley and you it's a, It's a ridiculous bullpen, whatever you're doing out <laughs> there, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, it's I, I think he he's smart enough to look around and see the level of talent because he's never been a closer. He's closed. He's picked up mm-hmm. saves when you have to. You know yep. how that works over the course of the season. But uh, he is only for a very short period of time in his career. Right after Latroy Hawkins, actually, by the way, when Latroy <laughs> Hawkins got hurt, uh, Otto stepped in for like ten straight saves, and then he went down with TJ, and he hasn't. He's just never been that guy. So I think he'll be. Ready and, and used to that. Nice.
2: Is, is it ever? Is it ever? I, I know we got a lot of guys to cover, but is it ever? I know I I'm I'm gonna tag you in a tweet after this that I crafted up that was incredible about Adam Ottavino's slider. <laughs> um, I, you'll 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 see why in a little bit. But what is? I guess was it ever frustrating when a guy has the ability to use a pitch like that? Are is, are there ever moments that he gives up a gopher ball and a fastball, and you're just like, I mean, is it almost? Is it too much of a fan reaction to be like, "Well, should have thrown the slider"?
1: I, I I think it can be. It's certainly tempting anytime he gets hit on the fastball because you know his slider, when located well, just can't be barreled up. But right. he can hang the slider too, and 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 honestly, the the home run ball that he gives up is when he doesn't finish the slider and it just hangs in the middle of the plate, and the guy was not guessing fastball, because even then you you can be stuck. But if if it hangs there, uh, it gets hit really far. There you go.
0: Let's pivot to uh, DJ, because the Yankees picked up DJ LeMayu, $12 million for, what, was it two years, Jake?
2: Yeah, two years. Two years, years, 12 12, million.
0: Now, the Yankees are saying this guy is going to be our utility infielder because Troy Tulowitzki, who we got to get to as well, is going to be locking up shortstop for half the season on 500 grand. Over here on Talking Yanks, we find that hard to believe because it doesn't make a lick of sense. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> what do uh, we know about the in and out of DJ Lemayhu? Is he a streaky guy? Is he every day he's going to get his hits, or is it hot and cold like I was saying with Stanton?
1: Like the day to day, what's his play like on the field? He's a pretty consistent ball player. He can be. Now that's understanding him to be, you know, a second baseman. And so defensively, he's a phenomenal second baseman. I don't think a lot of people realize outside of Colorado quite how good he is. Even if you look over, you go, oh, yeah, he's got some gold gloves. He's not a super flashy player. He just makes all the plays. I can count on one hand, and he's been here seven, eight years, the number of times he's made just a wild throw. Okay. He just doesn't do it. He could be spinning around at any angle. He could be in shallow center field. And it's not an especially strong arm. You may not always beat the runner, but a wild throw, you just don't see it. At the plate his contact rate is fantastic. He doesn't strike out. You know, his offensive profile, I think, is underrated. He doesn't hit a lot of home runs. He's not going to hit a lot of home runs. But he's not going to strike out. Uh, he he's really good at bat manipulation. So he can hit the ball to all fields. Uh, I think people who are assuming his numbers will come down because he doesn't have the big outfield at Coors to, to prey on anymore. They're going to be a little bit surprised. The guy can hit the ball in any part of the quadrant uh, of the plate that it's pitched. So uh, I think he's going to be just fine offensively. And one of the, the nice things is he is consistent. He Because he's not a power strikeout guy, it doesn't come and go. He tends to put the ball in play a lot.
0: I mean, we, you got, you've got you seen some of the craziest shifts in baseball uh, coming against LeMahieu, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, I remember the Diamondbacks didn't play with a left fielder. which, <laughs> which That was one was of the
1: craziest things I ever saw. I was like, if he pulls a ground ball just up the third baseline, he's going to have an inside-the-park home run. There was no one standing in left field. The, the left fielder was in straightaway center.
0: Yeah, which is weird because he's such an oppo hitter, which is what they say the scouting report is the Yankees like – righties who'd let the ball travel so they can take advantage of the short ports. They saw that and this guy, Luke Voigt who came over. So looks like they're looking for him to do that. Do you think it's crazy to think that he, a, do you think it's crazy to, if you were to look up come mid July and he's a utility man, uh, just like going all over the place and B, if he is doing that, what position do you think do you, shortstop third base first? Like where do you see him, profiling at those positions i don't even really know
1: yeah it's interesting it's been a couple of years since seeing him play at third base i think it was 2014 nolan's second year he went down for the rest of the season with a wrist thing and they were just scrambling looking for dudes and they threw dj over there for a couple of games and it was not uh good Uh, and sometimes it's hard because we're always watching a drop off from nolan arenado so that can be tough to judge yeah but um and i've never seen him play first base i've never heard about him playing he can play a fine shortstop for you he'll he'll play it won't you know the arm would be the only real problem there but uh, nothing fancy but he's not going to kill you either at second base he really gets the the ins and out of that position i can understand how at like six three six four he's legitimately tall um, he'd make a great first baseman and, you know, over the years, second baseman have to go over to cover on bunts and all those kinds of things. You got to do the, the footwork. I think he could, could get it down, uh, but I've never seen him do it. So I've, I thought that was the most interesting thing of the news from our side. When people ask me, do you really think the Yankees are going to play DJ LeMahieu like Mr. Second base as a utility guy, especially as you put it, so they can make way for Troy to to play shortstop who you can't write Troy Tulewitzki's name and pen on anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's great. Well, I mean, just to give some insight, the Yankees have had so much trouble with first base that Chase Headley in 2017 switched over. He had never played first before. In 2018, Neil Walker went over there and played a little bit. and He never really played. So it's like not crazy to think DJ. For us, everyone plays. Neil Walker started 18 games in right field. He'd never started a game in right field in his career before. Yankees are... They just throw guys out there. It seems like. What about what about Lemayhu? First off, how long did it take you to spell Lemayhu? Because I don't think I'm ever going to get it.
1: No, it, it, it took a while. Eventually, you get into a rhythm of it. Those that last collection of vowels just becomes like an. It's a it's a muscle memory thing because <laughs> I'm not sure I could tell you how to spell it right now but if my, with my fingers on the keyboard, it would just happen because I've had to write it so many times.
0: Someone told me just write DJ LM. And I think I've, I've quit trying to learn and it's just going to be DJ LM and all my tweets from here on out.
1: DJ LM.
0: Yeah. I'm lucky. I mostly just talk. I don't have to write otherwise. uh, Yeah. yeah. What about him with the press and his like off the field personalities? He got spunk or is he kind of buttoned up? He's pretty
1: buttoned up. You can you can get him fired up if if you want if you have a good baseball conversation. But he's also like literally quiet. Sometimes he'll be saying important things, but you gotta lean in sometimes. And the more reporters are around him, it'll be interesting to see how he does with the New York thing. Because I don't think he'll shy away from it. I just don't know how they'll respond to if there's twenty five people with mics around him and he's talking at this level and he's saying that, you know, we, we had, we got to play a little bit better out there. I didn't have the best game, but we pitched well. We played good, you know, and it, you're like a little bit, but then you'll see him get a big hit in a big game and get fired up. And when he gets fired up, everybody gets okay.
0: fired. Up. I like that. I like that. It, yeah. he sound, sounds perfect
2: for New York. Just play it, play it low key. And then if you, if you have a big moment, yeah, well, there's a fine
0: up. line. There's a fine line between, where you're so boring and you give nothing answers like Jeter that like no one even really listens to your post games anymore or Sonny Gray last year, they put those camera lights and microphones in front of his face. And he honestly looked like a scared deer. Like you could see his eyes go wide and just didn't know anything. So well, quiet doesn't really de- necessarily mean that, but see, it's always interesting. And some people like to act like um, us in New York over hype the, aspect of like the media is more intense but i think it really is so we'll see
1: it absolutely is we joke about it sometimes i'll be like on opening day i'm like i won't see 70 percent of these people again until the fourth of july game and then if they're in the hunt for a wild card spot (laughs)
2: hey that's that's not true you'll see me floating around by that right field bar um (laughs) so don't, don't 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 yeah don't pencil me in um I think we, we got a segue because, um, as Jimmy mentioned, the utility thing was was kind of bizarre for us because, we, as, as he mentioned, Neil Walker stepped in and he did, like, a beautiful job. Neil Walker played a really good third base for us last Defense, year. And it was defensively, just, yeah. So, I, I I mean, we're interested. If LeMahieu has the tools, you think it'll translate. It's going to be interesting. I think segueing it to Tulo, and we – we can get into the glass aspects a little bit. We have Jacoby Ellsbury in the outfield, who we, you know, we're putting together the all glass team if you want it. Uh, Cosmo Kramer, the glass man. But I, I think, I think what's interesting here is, I mean, true. Troy Tulawitsky was a star of the game. Um, one of the best shortstops in the league, talented with the glove, with the bat. He obviously had the injuries catch up with him. He was splitting the middle infield with a young DJ LeMahieu, who you know, developed into the batting title champion, Gold Glover. But when he first, he came up, he almost had a Daniel Murphy vibe, which we could talk some Rockies a little bit after that. But, I mean, it was kind of like, all right, DJ LeMahieu's going to knock it around. He's going to play some infield. That's kind of it. Now we have DJ LeMahieu coming in, getting the $24 million contract. Troy Tulowitzki is on a veteran minimum, because he has to be, because Toronto waived him. But, you know coming into the season the yankees are pushing tulo's going to play short we're uh, we're reading through that for lack of a better term but what i mean what do you know about their relationship and i mean is it is it kind of funny if you go you know back 4 years in time and you see this happening and you're like wow that's, <laughs> that's how the world turns
1: it's, it's pretty hilarious. There have been plenty of jokes, not to jump too far into this, but uh, of course with some of the rumors about the Yankees' interest in Nolan Arenado eventually, there have been a lot of jokes of, well, they should just go – if you've got problems at first base too, why not just sign Justin Morneau and you can recomplete the 2014-2015 Colorado Rockies. Yes. In fact, we had a special nickname for that exact group of players when it was Arenado, Tulowitzki, LeMahieu, and Morneau. They were known as the Coors Shield because that defense was insane. Um, Tulo and DJ get along great, uh, by the way, Tulo and, and Nolan Arenado and Trevor Story all get along great. Those guys had spent a lot of time either in the minors. You know, people forget LeMahieu was a throw-in and a deal that was mostly about Ian Stewart and Tyler Colvin. Uh, <laughs> hey! <they're>... <laughs> hey. <laughs> and and <laughs> so uh, Tulo was a big part of getting, I think, the most out of LeMahieu. Tulo has an attitude that can be, or at least he did. I've heard this has changed a little bit since he left the Rockies, but an attitude that could have been quite abrasive on the younger players. You know, the, why aren't you trying as hard as I am? Why aren't you as great as I am? Uh, Kind of attitude, especially on bad losing streaks. But I think LeMahieu was the type of guy who could respond to that type of challenge really well. And they became close friends in a game of one-upsmanship defensively. If you can do it, I can do it. And uh, so I suspect their relationship is that they're going to enjoy that. That's going to be fun. And they're going to be a lot of Rockies fans tuning in because as much as the club did not win, when, those two guys were together, watching them was at times, absolute bliss defense. When Tulo was at his best defensively, those guys were wizards. It was magic, man.
0: Yeah. I mean, Tulo is, it's really just puts my brain in a pretzel. You talked about his personality and you think you th- you said he might have got gotten less like that when he left Colorado, but he went to that Blue Jays team, which I think was the most hot headed team assembled in the last five years with, right. Batista, Russell Martin, um, Donaldson, and Tulowitzki. Yeah. It just felt like every day they were trying to fight no one or everyone like for no reason. I remember there was a time when like right. Souza on the Rays. And Martin complimented each other, and Tulowitzki came running in to fight. And they are like, "No, no, 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 man, we're just having a conversation." So seems fiery, but I think
1: I think you have to be humbled, maybe if you're Tulowitzki at this point. But, I I would hope so, and I and I understand it because I don't think a lot of people realize how good he was at his best. On a, even if you like, I don't know if you guys are big war guys or or, or whatever, but if you want to look at a war per game race uh, basis. He was Mike Trout. He was that good. The only reason he never put up a full season of war that would rival Mike Trout's is because he never played a whole damn season. (laughs) He he couldn't stay on the field. But from game to game, especially at shortstop, when you could pencil that guy in the middle of your infield or the middle of your order every single day, uh, and and he's going to give you gold glove caliber defense at short and hit on a 40 home run pace, he was insane.
0: Yeah, he got MVP votes six seasons out of his eight with Colorado. He was nuts. Yeah. But if you had to, you're at the roulette table and you got to say Tulo <laughs> starts twenty games for the Yankees in 2018, or mm. or Tulo doesn't crack the roster. Like, what do you? What would you lean? You don't have to answer this if you don't want.
1: But no, I you know. <laughs> Well, what am I betting? So if I'm betting some money, I'm saying he makes the roster. If I'm betting my life, I'm saying no, probably not. I, I I just think one of these days, and I I honestly think he's got one more. It could be this year, and and you guys are gonna love it if it is. He's got one more Troy Tulowitzki esque season left in him. His defense was still good when he went to Toronto. He got a Gold Glove nomination there. Um, he he was he was a prodigious hitter. If he can stay on the field and rediscover a little bit of that magic, uh, and I could see him do it, he's always wanted to be a Yankee, he's always wanted to play in Derek Jeter's spot. If anything was gonna bring the best out of this guy, it's gonna be playing that short spot spot.
0: Yeah. Uh he I remember there's that story it was like an off day. They were playing the Mets and he went to a Yankees game in his off day, and everyone was like, That's insane, man. Like Every one day not in baseball. <laughs> Now he's got to be a bit upset because Derek Jeter just named his uh his son after a different Colorado Rockies infielder. <laughs> Derek Jeter Derek Jeter named his son Story. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Big time miss for Tulo. Could have been Ooh, could have been named after him. Yeah. That's gotta hurt. That's gotta hurt. Yeah. Oh, man, I mean that's good
1: stuff. How about Aaron Otto? Are you guys gonna lock him up? I think there's a decent chance. I really do. And and I'm in the minority on that. I think most people out here and most, and, and definitely most people around the country think he's gone. Uh, I I think those people for the most part are underselling like that. The Rockies have actually been pretty decent the last couple of years. And they've got this young group of pitchers. That's the big thing. I think people don't realize the group of pitchers, the Rockies have that are locked up for, you know, ever in term in baseball terms. Uh, they're just really good. And I, I think Nolan's options are going to be, Relatively limited we've already seen you know Manny Machado and Bryce Harper don't have contracts There's nothing guaranteed in this game And I do think there's a part of them that thinks I'd like to be the greatest player in the history Of an organization rather than Go to an organization Where at best I might be among Some of the greatest players You know he's never going to be the greatest Yankee of all time That is not on the menu for Nolan Arenado. <laughs> if he just continues to exist In Denver he'll be the greatest Colorado Rocky who ever lived and so I think they're trying to work something out, but no one knows what the market is because we're still waiting.
0: I know a lot of people think, all right, the new talk, and I don't believe anything, but the new talk is, there might be some credence. This is that teams that are might be in on Manny are waiting to see if the Rockies lock up Arenado, And if yeah. they lock them up to an extension, boom, then all the bids for Manny are going to be upped. And there you go. That'd be interesting if it happens that way. I have no idea if it will. I don't know. I mean, I don't think anyone knows anything, but it's a good thought.
1: Right. I I just know that Nolan's one of the best bets. I was looking for a comp the other day and someone, it was right in front of my face. And I don't know why I didn't see it, but he's Adrian Beltre and he's always been Adrian Beltre. And so I think, you know, with Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, there are questions. Harper has been up and down a little bit in his career and had a couple little injury things. with Manny Machado, I, I understand New York not wanting to sign him after what he said about that hustle stuff. I wouldn't. I mean, if I'm signing you a hundred and fifty million dollars, maybe. But am I am I giving Mr. No Hustle three hundred million dollars?
0: I, I think I think that did hurt him a little bit, but I at this point I think nothing could have helped the way it's going. We'll see how it ends up. It's it's so weird. Yeah. So do you I, do I, you travel on the road at all, covering the Rockies?
1: little bit. I went down to Arizona at the beginning of the year last year. I went out to LA for their most miserable series in years where they just got embarrassed by the Dodgers from, in 3 games. <laughs> They're
0: coming to the stadium uh, in 2019, so if you're coming.
1: Yeah. You I don't think I'll be out there. I think uh I think my guy Patrick Lyons will be out there for that though cuz he's a he's an East Coast guy. He's a New I think he's a New Jersey guy, but you know, close enough. Yeah, that for- works he uh, <laughs> might be out there for those. I will say one of my favorite baseball memories of all time. I was in New York in 2001 and was at the old Yankee stadium uh, in a game against the the blue Jays. I believe that was a big blowout. So there were waves going and people were chanting for I think, Paul O'Neill. Was his, Is that his last year? And so everyone was just excited about, uh, but being in that, that old stadium, man, where you're like sitting on top of the field almost yeah. and atlante seats up there yeah. an ocean uh, nightmare baseball memories yeah yeah scary but memorable yeah yeah
0: all right well, hey, we appreciate you coming on it's good stuff good insight i really like it uh we'll keep in touch maybe we'll have you on during that rocky series and uh, chat a little bit more
1: Oh, one. yeah more- yeah I'd I'd love to ask you have you guys on my podcast too and ask you just a little bit about what the reaction there has been or maybe once they've played maybe a month into the season or something is it, how you like in Otto and DJ and, and Tulo how's this working out for you cuz I've seen some dis, dis different things online some fans seem super stoked on DJ some people were not happy and I thought that was interesting I think it was
0: confusion all around I yeah. think that's cuz and I'm still confused because they're they're telling a story uh they're telling us tulo is going to be the shortstop and dj is going to be utility guy and it's like anyone with half a brain has to know that you like you said you can't write tulo's name in paper and glaber can play shortstop and then you have a gold glover at second and that just makes so much more sense so it's still confusion until we see how it plays out right but it's yeah. a professional hitter and a, and, a, and a contact guy which is those are all the the good perks
2: right and and people love to eat up the home and road stats, as I'm sure you deal with on a daily basis. I mean, is there, is there anything you want to give Yankees Nation about the home and road splits of Coors Field?
1: Yeah, it's just not nearly a, as big a thing as I think people make it. The The biggest part of it is understanding there is this thing we call the hangover effect. It's been proven throughout Rockies history that something happens to them when they go on the road, whether it's the way the ball moves differently, the way their body reacts. It's it's very different for Rockies hitters. But throughout the years, whether you're looking at Dexter Fowler moving on, Matt Holliday moving on, Larry Walker moving on, there are way more examples of guys who've moved on from Coors Field, and their splits just balance out a little bit. And for the record, if we can throw a little shade, uh, Stanton's got worse splits than Nolan Arenado. He's the go-to. Whenever someone brings up Nolan's road slash line uh, around here, we just like to bring up uh, Giancarlo Stanton. I mean,
0: Judge's last season was the same as LeMay's Uh, as well.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe I got the two gigantic huge <laughs> slugger guys I have mixed up. It might have been Aaron jo. I think you're right. I miss I missed that one. Have obviously. you ever
0: asked any any of the guys about that, like about the difference? Because Ottavino said in his press conference, like he's excited to pitch in the better air where he's probably gonna have more bite on his pitches. Have you ever asked the batters if, like, it's noticeably like just a different mindset uh, home and on the road?
1: Yeah, and most of them anymore will cop to it. You know, Charlie Blackman's had great statements on this before about how it just takes a while to get used to the different ways that, that pitches move. Some guys swear it's that breaking pitches move more. Some guys will swear the fastball gets on you a little bit differently, that, it, that, it, that the, the cut of a fastball can really throw off that, you know, precise timing and these guys most of them are muscle memory guys and so that that can throw off a lot of the stuff so yeah they don't get too into the specifics because i think they're also trying to figure out a solution to it before anyone else yeah. figures it out for them look at daniel murphy's 11 percent strikeout rate for his career I, I think that's a reason you know people looking at it and going hey eh, they got 32 year old daniel murphy it's like guy puts the ball in play put yeah. the ball in play
0: yeah <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a good fit. I think Jake liked that move. Yeah, I did. I Rocky. think
2: I think I think he's going to rake. Are they playing him at first or second? I know we're getting to, into talking Rockies, but.
1: Talking rocks. Uh, I think I think he's going to play first base, and okay, they're going to go some young guys at second. Yeah, they're they're not going to go from DJ Lemayhew's glove to Daniel Murphy's glove at second base. I think Murphy, in his introductory press conference on the phone here, even made a joke about that. He's like, I think my days of being a second baseman are behind.
2: <laughs> I like that.
1: One last
0: question, and we'll let you go. If if we if we have any fantasy players that are listening, who's an up and coming Rocky sneaker? Sneaker sleeper, sneaker,
1: they can, sneaker. That's <laughs> the shoes. No, who's a sleeper? They should look for. Or I leave. don't know. If David Dahl is still a sleeper. Be careful because he gets hurt. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. uh, speaking of Jacoby Ellsbury and Troy Tulowitz, in fact, the new Rockies hitting coach, Dave Magadin, who'd been with the Red Sox and then the Arizona Diamondbacks. He compared directly David Dahl to Jacoby Ellsbury, but he's he's one he could be a 30-30 guy if he stays on the field. Uh, and, and we've seen – he hit like six home runs the last seven games of the season when the Rockies were trying to get into that final play-in game. A young kid with a ton of talent. So if he stays on the field, uh, <laughs> go with him. Perfect. Hey, thanks, man. That was really
0: fun. That was a good baseball conversation. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I so, love okay. it. Love it. Let's do it again. <laughs> All right, that was Drew Creaseman. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Get to know the Rockies a little bit more. Now you know a little bit about their personalities and all that good stuff. Jake, any last words?
2: Uh, No. Thank, thanks, Drew. Um, Thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, seriously, I know we keep hinting towards it, but if you weren't with us last spring training or even if you were but you forgot, um, we're, we're about to be going crazy and rolling out a ton of stuff, so... Tune in or if, you got a friend. if you've got a friend that you think should get into the Yankees or get back into the Yankees, like, A, this team is the perfect time. We said that all year last year. But for Talking Yanks podcast, we, we could get them caught up to speed in about the next month and a half. So
0: yep. tune and, in. And if your name is, Jake, if your name is drumroll, 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 drum roll if your name what are you what is going on sometimes oh the internet is so so annoying if your name's sean you have to give us a five-star review all the sean's out there that listen it's about damn damn time get on your phone write a review tap five stars say my name's sean and uh, you force me to do this and then that's it yep go yanks tell them grams
2: go yankees